This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4, Makers on Main Street. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Michelle Rhodes of Mossy Creek Soap in Perry, Georgia. Michelle's introduction to business ownership began with a foray into the world of direct sales. She was very successful at it, but when the company folded, she found herself with an active list of customers and nothing to sell them. What a great problem for an entrepreneurial mind to solve, right? And that's exactly what Michelle did and continues to do at Mossy Creek Soap. Michelle owns and manages a retail shop where she sells her finished products and teaches classes. She has a wealth of experience to share and you will love the story of how she opened her first store in the wrong place and then had to move to another location. Michelle has shoestringed her business from day one, and today she's got multiple income streams flowing into her business. Make sure you pay special attention to her insights in this area during this episode. You'll be inspired to be successful as a maker on Main Street no matter where you are, because Michelle is proof positive that you do not need to be in a big city to have a successful storefront. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 28. I'll be right back with Michelle Rhodes of Mossy Creek Soap in Perry, Georgia. Michelle Rhodes from Mossy Creek Soap in Georgia. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me, Donna Maria. Well, I'm so excited that you were able to attend. And you know, this is just such a wonderful um, opportunity for me to meet with makers on Main Street from all across the country. And you are in Perry, Georgia. And I had never heard of Perry until I met you. Tell us where it is. Oh, that's too funny. Um, I'm actually originally from Georgia. I'm not originally from Perry. But uh, Perry is located, it's about mm, 40 minutes about 30 to 40 minutes from Macon, Georgia. So Macon is central, so mm-hmm. we're still part of central Georgia. Okay. About an hour and a half from the Atlanta airport. Now, Michelle, tell us a little bit how you, about how you started Mossy Creek Soap. I've you know, seen you grow your business, and I, I was very excited to see you open a store. But And I know that you've been in business for quite some time, and you work with your husband too, right? Uh-huh. That's correct. Um, he, he comes and helps me out mostly on the weekend because he works during the week at the base. Mm-hmm. We're close to Warner Robins Air Force Base is where we're located. That's pretty much why this county lo- is located or sprung up is because of the base, basically. But um, I started in 2000. 2009, after a direct selling company that I was working for had decided to close their doors. And what happened was, is at that point, I had a ton of customers and I didn't have a product mm-hmm. to, to sell them. And I, I had kind of thrown it around. I thought, well, my husband was in Iraq at the time. And I thought, well, what do you think about soap? And I, and I, and of course, I threw out there the melt, melt and pour soap, because of course, we're all afraid of lie at the point, at that point of never working with it before. And uh, he said, oh, no, 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 we're going to do lie soap and I'll do the lie. So when he got back home uh, um, from Iraq, 
we had started to make soap together, and that's what we did for the first year. But then what happens, and I think this happens with a lot of manufacturers that are trying to manufacture products out of their home, is eventually you just outgrow your space. And that's what happened. And and I ended up getting a retail spot because it was out of necessity. I needed somewhere I could sell my product, manufacture my product. And also I I had tossed around the idea of teaching because I really, really, really enjoy sharing what I know with other folks. So that's really how we got started. And, you know, one of the things that, that stands out about you so much there's so many things. It's it's hard to just know where to oh, start. But you. your you. your your photography of your soap, not just your finished bars, but the raw soap. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Is that thank something you. that you pursue professionally, or because honestly, it's really pretty. Thank you. Um, you know, that's a passion of mine that I've had for a long time. Um, I actually. Oh, gosh, it's probably been about 20 years ago. I'm so telling my age. But um, I, I was a photographer at the, uh, like, a Sears portrait uh, studio, and I think I worked at JCPenney's for a little while as well. I had that interest anyway Then when um, I had to do soap, and I realized how beautiful the colors were together. I just I just played with it and had fun. My husband laughs at me. He thinks if I make soap just to take pictures of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. That's funny. I've, I've heard him say that before. It's just an excuse. <laughs> but, it, but you know, it, it, in some ways it is and it's not. But yeah. I mean, in what other kind of medium? I can't paint worth a flip. Right. But I can certainly paint with colors and soap and that's the most amazing thing to me because it allows me to have my you know, use my creativity inside and then photograph it so that that way I can share what I am seeing at the moment. So well, I just enjoy it so much. Well, and how wonderful is it that we can all create a business of our own that allows us to tap into all aspects of our personality and, and everything that, that we need true. to be happy in our lives. That is so true. That is so true. So, so, so we can do, we can do, do it. And that, um, and that in the mediums that we can do it in, you know, uh-huh. it's neat. Uh-huh. And so you started out making soap and selling soap. And tell me, what was it, Michelle, that led you to open a, a store? Well, it, it, again, it was out of necessity to get my operations out of my house. So my intentions always were to sell my product in my retail shop. But the, the, the reality was is that, that I live in a very small community. And so when I opened up my shop for the first time, which, mind you, was not on <laughs> – it was not conducive for walk-in traffic, which mm-hmm. was my biggest downfall. Mm-hmm. I I just immediately was under, you know, we, we're all kind of naive when we first start. And I thought, of course, I'm going to have this wonderful product and, you know, I have customers. So they're going to find me and all these walk-in people are going to come in and buy my product. Well, it didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> I remember <laughs> sitting in my shop. I remember sitting in my shop for at least about a month every day thinking I'm going to be open and all these people are going to come in and buy my product and it was going to be wonderful, you know, and, and, and it just doesn't happen that way. It and, doesn't, you know, Michelle? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> a funny story. When I opened my little store, I had quit mm-hmm. my job and opened a store and I, I got in the car one day to drive up to another city to buy some supplies. And I remember being out on the highway, looking at all these cars going, how do I get these people to come into my store? And I remember thinking, I probably should have asked that before. <laughs> 
before you opened the shop yes. up. Yeah. I was like, oh, I totally agree. And you so, know, and so, so the facility that you have now, Michelle, is not the one that you had when you first started? No. Okay. You've moved. And okay. I, and I really want to share that with everybody else, too, because, again, my whole objective was to move my manufacturing out of the house. Okay. And when I did that, you know, I shoestring my business from day one. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a huge budget to start out with. So I got the smallest place I could find that, and actually it was month to month, so it was even perfect in a lot more ways. It was month to month. It even had all utilities included. And you can't get that option, and you don't have that option in a lot of, you know, different areas, but I did here. So when um, I had, I, I had pretty much outgrown that spot in about, I don't know, it was probably about two years, and I was so wishing for another spot, and I stumbled on the location that I have now, and it's located in Perry. The first location I had was uh, located in Warner Robins, which is still part of the same community. It's just in a different area. It's a little bit further north, but Perry is, is beautiful in its own right because it is an older, historic town, so I was able to, I stumbled on this location, and it had been vacant for, it was probably vacant for a couple of years before I ever got into it. And I saw so much potential with it. In some ways, when I moved in, I also rebranded in a weird way, but to include the building itself. And when I did that, I started selling my soap, but I also started selling supplies because I offer classes. So I have a combination of, of a few things that's happening in the shop between having supplies and, uh, and, and my product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have created a, a place where you can have multiple income streams flowing in at the same time. That is correct. That was, again, out of necessity. I don't think I've been able to keep my doors open in a small community such as myself, ourselves here because of that. Um, I still have, I'm still, con- I'm still teaching the local people here, you know, the importance of using um, handmade products and to support local businesses. So, I mean, that's always a, a an ongoing project with me on that. And then that message I, I, I see across the country is more and more being more and more received well by that's people true. everywhere. They're hungry for how can I find the local people here that sell what I want. And if they're not here, when are they coming? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's and of course, everything since I'm in a smaller town, it's slower, and it's mm-hmm. more slower to catch on to that. Mm-hmm. But I am definitely seeing signs that are changing in our in our community. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because although I may not have a steady stream of foot traffic coming in, I have a, a pretty good local customer base here, and they know who I am, which still shocks me in some ways. Well, you know, and, and not having a, a, you know, an overwhelming amount of foot traffic gives you an opportunity to focus on some other aspects of your business, uh, I- including actually making the product. But one thing I know about you, because I've talked with you about this before, Michelle, is that you feel that it's very important from a business and a personal perspective to not just rely on those foot traffic walk-in retail sales to, to make your That's business work. Correct. That is so correct, because, again, this goes back to my original location when I, when I had uh, landed myself in a spot that I had no foot traffic. I really didn't. And uh, so in order to keep those doors open, I added the classes. Then I added supplies, not to mention the online. That was about the same time when I had moved my operations from my house into the smaller location, my first location. I included all three of those. The online took off pretty fast, which today it's a little slower. But then I had I had different avenues. It was pre-Google, and I won't even go down that path. But 
uh, I was able to uh, really get good sales online, and I started my uh, teaching business. That was one uh, avenue as well besides, you know, my local base. So you have retail off your website. You have uh, walk-in customers that buy your products retail. You teach the, the, the classes in the store. And do, do you wholesale as well? I wholesale as well. That okay, is correct. So, so that that's wonderful. So you're a perfect model of how to take one thing and get it to where you want it to be and then add other things on systematically as they make sense. Exactly, exactly. You find out where your revenue streams are coming and which ones are stronger. And if I at any point, and I think it's very important to be flexible as well, because if you see as a business owner, it it is being aware and being present in your business to see what your market is actually doing. If one avenue didn't work and another one was stronger, I would have certainly dropped it. But at this point, they're still pretty all equal equally bringing income in for me. And at this point, it doesn't look like I'm going to be dropping any one of them. Now, (laughs) what I'm hoping to do this year is to increase the wholesale. Mm -hmm. And then that way, that can kind of balance out a lot as well. So I'm working on that. That's my new thing. Now, Michelle, how, how do you get foot traffic? Do you advertise locally? How do you tell people about your store there? Well, a few things that I have done a little bit different this year is um, Perry, since it is it's it's our really only historic downtown that we have in Houston County, which is the county that I, I am a part of. They um, they have a merchants uh, association that is local to just Perry downtown. So I have uh, recently joined up with them, and just being with them, it can help me get do the whole word of mouth thing and get the the word out where I am and where I'm located. Now I do have a benefit of being right across the street from the library, and um, they were just doing a whole lot of renovations on it, so I'm really hoping to get a lot more foot traffic in that way but my building is not necessarily down the main street downtown area it's kind of off of the beaten path even down there so it's, it's still a little bit different people most of it right now is word of mouth for locals the others um a lot of the shopping that i'm getting as far as supplies are from the students coming in so when they leave they actually have you know a soap making kit they can walk out the door with them so that they can make soap when they get home but um, I have advertised. Newspaper advertising is kind of a hit or miss. What I try to do with the newspaper advertising is really just advertise during big functions, like if it's Mother's Day, you're going to see me advertising, definitely. Uh, Father's Day, I'll advertise. Valentine's Day, I, I would advertise. Um, social media networking is very big with me, and a lot of people in our area uh, are on Facebook. You know, again, here's the slower thing not so many people have tuned into instagram in my area but they are pretty they're pretty big on facebook and i get a lot of my traffic from facebook that's that's such a good example of how important it is to follow where your customers are michelle what is the hardest part or the most challenging part or what are the most challenging parts about managing a retail operation i think the challenging part is um being available to your customers so my my challenge currently is is do I do I stay open retail longer hours more days of the week or do I continue to have the days that I'm open that are um, that I actually have traffic on so it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing do I mm-hmm. do I open more hours and expect more traffic or do I continue to keep the hours that I have and some of the problems that I'm facing with being 
um, having so many different businesses into one is that I have at the studio, even though I may not be open retail, I'll be there manufacturing soap or I'll be manufacturing whatever product I'm trying to get the stock shelved, you know, uh, stocked up with, or I might be going in to ship orders. So I guess the thing is, is, is trying to get the word out. I mean, I have set hours, but also get the word out to my customers to let them know that if they are the only days that they can come in would be on a day that I'm, you know, quote, mm-hmm. close, mm-hmm. I might still be there. So I guess that's always, it, it's, that's still pretty tough with me on that one. And you also, you, uh, you mentioned earlier that your husband helps you a lot with your business when he's not working uh, his yes. traditional job. And you also are a mom. I am. I am. My daughter is 14. She's getting ready to go to high school next year. Okay, so this is this is another challenge in and of itself, just um, because I'm a mom as well. You know, when my kids were younger, the challenges were physical. It was like, you know, you're changing diapers and you're chasing people down the steps or whatever, or trying to keep them from falling down the steps. And then and then I've recently undergone this shift. My daughter's not quite as old as yours. But I've noticed that it's much more mental now. And so focusing on my business is a whole different ball game. How, how has that worked for you and your husband? How do you manage and, and keep all that uh, integrated well? Well, what we have just started doing, and I'm very excited to say that I brought my daughter to the Handcrafted Soapmakers Guild meeting in Indianapolis uh-huh, weekend, uh-huh. last weekend. Uh-huh. So the idea is it really is just the three of us. She's my only daughter. So I want to include her in the business as much as I can because I think it's a wonderful opportunity, especially along with your kids as well, that they understand that, you know, you're in business and and, and they get to learn these entrepreneurial skills that normal kids don't. And I think it's it's a wonderful opportunity for them. Yes, it it is. There is a there is always a balance. So I I try to make sure that uh, family time is family time and work time is work time and shut it off because it gets to be too much. I could work, and you know that as well, Donna. You could work 24-7. You could not sleep and work. I know. I know. And, you know, (laughs) well, you you do have to sleep. But other than that, honestly, I I wonder if you feel sometimes like me. It's like it's not really – it is work, but it's not work. No, it's not. It's still playing. They need another (laughs) – they need another – we need another word. It's not work. It's not always work. It's not always fun. We have to create another word to describe this because it's so hard to characterize it for someone who's not doing it. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with that. So I love that you mentioned um, incorporating your daughter into being able to see what it is that you're doing. Does she come into the store sometimes and help you ship packages and help you take pictures and things? She does. Well, a, a lot of what she does, uh, she helps uh, labeling and, and, and when we have to get ready to, uh, I call it, um, quoting, doing an air quote, <laughs> right, clean right. the soap when you're right. beveling the soap to make right. sure that it's presentable before it goes out. So she'll come in and she'll clean the soap up. She will um, shrink wrap the soap. She'll put labels on it. And when I hold classes, a lot of times she'll come in and, and help and be my little teacher's assistant. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think that the, the drawback to a child that has a parents as business owners is they get bored quicker than a child that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because here, here's an interesting scenario for you. I put a, put a, put a, um, um, a help wanted, uh, not ad, but a post on Facebook, on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And the one girl that applied, believe it or not, was a classmate of hers. Okay. <laughs> You can understand the dynamics here. Oh, my so gosh. All of a sudden, we went, we went from my daughter not being so interested in the business to all of a sudden, 
oh my goodness, if Hannah's going to be interested in the business, I think I'm going to be more interested in it now. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. I might it have to try that as a strategy. Dynamic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my I'm like, goodness. I need help on Saturdays. Yeah. I need I, I needed somebody while I'm teaching classes to watch this the retail right. area. Right. So that's all I need. She doesn't need to come in and make stuff. All she needs to do is ring people up. Yes. And, you know, do customer service. And that was all I wanted my daughter to do, but she didn't want to work every weekend. You know, mm-hmm. so it was it was very interesting when I had hired her. her and that's class. great because now <laughs> it's not just work for your daughter. It's a social yes. thing. You bet. And you so bet. there we go again with the need for another word. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exactly <laughs> it really right. is. And how wonderful that at 14, she's learning that incorporating that into her life that you can create something for yourself on your own terms, that's work, obviously, because, you know, you have to eat and you have to look at it that way. But it's also something that is a social outlet, a relational outlet, and something that allows you to have your personality built into how you work. That is so that is so correct. And a personal gratification, especially with the teaching aspect of my business, that way you you feel it's a personal personally gratifying experience to teach somebody else something that you know yeah. and that you can teach it effectively to where they walk away with it and they make a business for themselves. Right. That is such a good feeling. You can't get that in anything, I don't think, other than what we're doing. No, and how wonderful, again, is it that today with the online marketplace the way it is, so many people are being exposed to the fact that they can make things themselves and that you don't have to be a rocket science to make your own jewelry or your own cupcakes or soap or whatever it is. That is so true. And and that has been recent, though, hasn't it? We're I think so. Years. I do, because the Industrial Revolution changed everything and we all got used to everything being commoditized. And That's exactly right. It, you know. Now, while some things still are, I mean, I kind of buy my toilet paper anywhere. I don't really care. <laughs> but but most things that bring me real joy in my life that really aren't just consumable, throwaway type things, I don't want to buy them at a big box store. I want to know the story behind them. And that brings me to another thing I want to ask you. How many people do you get that come to you that are not just excited that you have a nice product to offer them, but they want to buy it because they are getting to know you, the person who made it. I think that's so important in our business um, because I have always said that. And I learned that and I learned that part of it uh, in direct selling. Mm. So when I was working with a direct selling company, they had, they had said from, from, from day one, people buy because they like you. It almost doesn't matter what you sell them. Yeah, <laughs> if they yeah. like you, they'll buy you. They're right. buying you. Right. They're and buying it, a little piece of you. Yes. So, and it's, and it, all the better that you're making something. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I even talked to the direct sales because I came from a direct sales background. I've talked to, you know, current direct sellers and I explained to them how important, how easy it is for them to start their own business today. And it, it, even if it's not soap, but they mm-hmm. can do anything in the handcrafted arena yes. and start a business for themselves and make 100% of the profit well, you know. Right, right. Outside of the cost, <laughs> Minus all those expenses, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There right. you go. Right, but the but, personal satisfaction of building an asset that can outlast you is is something exactly that right. you don't get with that. You know, and the other thing that your your story points out too is that you, you know, once you have an audience, you can sell anything because you mentioned that you were doing direct sales, you had customers, so which means you had an audience of people that were listening to you and available to you, but you didn't have anything to sell them. So you switched that around quick. Yes, yes, because I knew, I knew it, it took me a while 
What was interesting about the whole direct selling, I've never been, or I say never, that's not a good word. As far as sales are concerned, I never... I'm here. I'm going with an ever again. Never. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to sell per se to somebody. Mm-hmm. If it's a product that I wholeheartedly believe in, which this particular company was, that is the only one of the only reasons why I got involved in direct sale. Uh-huh. Because yes, I, I am a good salesperson, but because I'm passionately involved in it, and then I can sell it. So I'm not a salesperson in the term of I can just take any product and sell it. But because I'm passionate about yeah, it, yeah. And I think that the passion is it transcends to the customer and they feel that as well. So that's that unknown, right. that unsight thing that you can just feel as a person. So people yeah. know when they're being sold to mm-hmm. and when you're being passionate about what you're doing. And, well, and you are, that with me. you are the passion, you are the product. And yeah. I'll give a shout out real right. quick to um, one of our members, Danielle Vincent, who said it this way. She said, if it's not sales, if you really mean it. That's true. How Good. cool is that? Right. That is a that's a wonderful statement. I love that. Isn't it? That yes. Yeah. So so like when you that. I mean when you live your life, you're just living your life. And how awesome is it that you can just sell while you're living your life? You don't even have exactly. to think that much about it. Exactly. And Go that's a mindset set shift too, though, isn't it, Michelle? We we don't all start from that. We start from most mm-hmm. most makers start from the standpoint of oh my gosh, I love my product. Oh my gosh, I hate to sell. So tell us a little bit about your philosophy and and how we make that shift from, I have a great product, I don't think it's, you know, I don't want to sound like a used car salesperson, to I have a great product, here's how I can, you know, with that passion that you described, spread the word about it. You know, and and that's a fabulous question. I mean, that's, that is a great, a great question. Because when you're, when you're passionate about out your product it's easy to talk about what you're doing and I explained to all my new students coming through the same way a lot of times um, you ha- you're in two different two different sides of the aspect you can be a manufacturer and then be okay with just you and whatever you're making because you don't have any outside contact and some people are, are just good that away so they have a harder time trying to stand in front of their customer and talk but I explain it to to those new students and those new business owners that are coming through that it, that just just speak to them from speak to them from the heart because then they're never going to be, they're never going to feel, the person, your customer is never going to feel like they're being sold to if you speak from the heart. Speak from the heart, speak from the passion that you have deep inside you about the product that you're making, about um, even for the shy folks, because I think that's the people who end up having a harder time is because they have a harder time talking with people in general. The um, us extroverts, we can talk to anybody. We can talk to the, to the signpost outside about our product just because it's standing there, but not everybody feels the same way. So I explain it to them, start slow, and if, and if they have to, um, we used to call it in direct sales, have an elevator speech, so that way if you get used to saying, you know, what it is, your story, how you got started, mm-hmm. you know, maybe uh, uh, talk about the ingredients that you have in your product, strike up a conversation with the person, it's not really selling when you do it that way. Michelle, how do you use video in your business? Um, I have been, and now video has, it, it's something on the up and coming with me. I, I wished I'd be using it more. It just takes so much time for the editing on the back end for me personally. I have to get over that hurdle. Now what I am doing is on the video aspect side of it, I am including videos along with my, um, I have electronic handouts, the class handouts mm-hmm, that, go, mm-hmm. that I I sell online. So now, uh, and I'm working to, to get all this up to date. I have one video out along with a particular e-document that I have. So the other two videos are coming. It just takes a while for the editing part. 
Well, it. and you know, you have such an amazing, um, uh, you know, like on Instagram, for example, I know you said a lot of your audience isn't there, but I make videos on Instagram, put them on Facebook. So that's kind of, but they're, yeah, they're 15 <laughs> seconds long. You know, what's so fascinating about these videos is um, not not mine in particular, but makers, people who are making things, the the swirl making in the soap and the, you know, the, 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 the jewelry makers that put those the heavy equipment on their face and shield their faces and turn on those blow torches, you know, and start, yeah. you know, melting down the iron or the, the gold or whatever, the silver to make their jewelry. And those 15 second clips are mesmerizing to me. So like, aren't they, aren't they? they are. And I, learn. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, I, I'm assuming your camera has a, has a video option on it. And if somebody could stand over your shoulder, but my point is, is that when you make things, as you mentioned earlier, it's not so much about selling them as about sharing the ex- the making experience in and of itself is a sales vehicle. And we started doing that. It's it's funny um, that we're discussing this because I, I remember when I first got into the business and, and it was you, it was you that, that talked to me about video and from the very beginning about video. And it's always, I, I can hear you you in the back of my mind talking to me about the video but it, it, i don't know why it, it's a good thing it's a good thing okay. so i have been trying to increase my 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 video exposure so this last season before the holidays got started i i hired um my first true employee which she is now my manager of operations but congratulations <laughs> so that's me. wonderful so um, since I had somebody with me, I, I had a better opportunity because I felt like I could at least speak with her. So we started putting some things out on Instagram. We just need to get better better with it and, uh, and, and increase our exposure that way. I so agree with what you're saying with that. Well, and you know, you, your pictures, the still ones are mesmerizing. I just can't, I can't imagine. I'd have to like put a timer on if you were <laughs> making videos of them because Michelle, they're just so pretty and um you know, it, it is such an art form. And, and whoever thought of soap as an art form, I remember when I told my husband I was dating at the time that um, I make my own soap, he kind of looked at me like he had, he was sure he had heard me incorrectly. And he's <laughs> like, you make your own. I know I must not have heard that right. I'm like, yeah, you just you use you, make soap. <laughs> right, right. He's like, why would you even do that? You can buy that at the store. And I'm like, Oh, gosh, he's such a long way to go. But exactly. <laughs> but now, of course, he won't the education. <laughs> right. And he, he won't use anything else. Now he like scours the bathroom like where is there any left who used it all and gets all mad at everybody. For- <laughs> for doing that. So tell us, Michelle, where do we go online as well as in Perry? What's your address? Where do we go to get more of all of this exciting stuff that you have to offer? Well, I am located online at mossycreeksoap.com and that's M-O-S-S-Y-C-R-E-E-K-S as in Sam, O-A-P.com. I am also on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest as well. Pinterest, by the way, I want to just add, Pinterest is definitely... Um, up and coming and those of you who have not started using Pinterest start using Pinterest because mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of foot traffic online with Pinterest oh nice tip thanks for sharing that yeah you can also put some videos up on Pinterest too but anyway that's just me <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna uh, haunt I'm you I'm gonna be <laughs> My, my avenue. No, I just, it's really a selfish request, actually, because I just want to see them. So, <laughs> so and, and, the, and the address for your store in Perry? Oh, the address, the physical address is 904 North Side Drive in Perry, Georgia. And the zip is 31064. 
And spell that street name for us. Um, Northside N as in Nancy, O-R-T-H, S as in Sam, I-D-E. So Northside Drive. Yes, and we want to make sure we tell everyone that, though, because, you know, our our podcast goes everywhere, and we're on iTunes and stuff, so we're in people's pockets. So you might be listening, and you might be driving (laughs) in Macon right now, and you need to make a U-turn. <laughs> Go check, right. Michelle. Yes, flies and soap and all kinds of good. Come see. Yes, and you will not be disappointed, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us on Indie Business Podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me, Donna Marie. Loved hearing about your story. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Michelle Rhodes of Mossy Creek Soap in Perry, Georgia. And if you did, won't you show me some Twitter love? Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love and you can let your friends know that you enjoy this podcast. I really want to make it useful for you. And if I am, please let me know by sharing. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder and create the life you love.